see that right I was now. I say, it sounds a lot like what's going on right All now. All humanity bears God's image. We want to be a church in a community that is multi-ethnic, multicultural. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Midweek Podcast, a podcast about everyday people who are committed to expanding God's family because of Jesus for generations to come. My name's John. I'm the engagement pastor here. And across from me is Kyle Davies. You know what it is. Pastor. Oh, yeah. Your classic little go-to intro. Oh, yeah. You got to. You got you to have that signature. So it's either it's either going to be that or I should just start flipping up the hood. Yeah, where and it's just covering the ears. Yeah, just covering the ears, you know. Yeah. They call me the real Slim Shady back where <laughs> I'm from. So Yes. Well, awesome. Thanks for being on with us or listening in. Uh, we want this to be an environment where we're able to just dive deeper into God's word and identify what he's trying to teach us, what, how we learn about him, who God is, and how that relates to us, and what that looks like going out into our everyday life. And so, Kyle, you framed up this concept of the image of God this weekend. We're in our embodied series, Colossians 3, 5 through 11. You said we were going to talk about it, Kyle. You brought it up. You did this I to did. yourself. So, I Kyle, did. what is the image of God, and where do you want to start with this? So, the reason I brought it up is because Colossians chapter 3, verse 10 says, You are being renewed in the knowledge according to the image of your mm. Creator. And so, Paul is writing to a church. It's a group of people. And so... Collectively, he is saying that they are being renewed, which fancy way to saying they are being mm. made new. They are being changed, they are transformed in knowledge. And so what they know according to the image of their creator. So God is doing something in them because of who God is and who he has created them to be. So here's what's cool. Mm. In Genesis, God says, let us create or let us let us make mankind, humanity, in our image. And so God mm. is speaking plural there. He's speaking plural? He is speaking well, plural. Hold on, hold on. I think we got to pause there. Yes. What, do you, what do you mean? Us, so, we, like, our image. So God is speaking, and he's, you notice he's not using a singular pronoun there as he describes himself. And so God is a Trinitarian God. Mm. That's how... That's that's what we believe in the Christian faith that yeah. God is is a singular in sort of nature and essence, but manifests Himself in three persons. There's there's a distinctness to the persons of God, but there is one God. So we don't believe in three gods. We believe in one God, and that God created humanity mm. in that image, in that mm. likeness, and so there is something about humanity that reflects that Trinitarian nature mm. of God. Now Trinitarians yeah. not found in the Bible. That's not a word <laughs> that, that, that that's thrown in there. So just, yeah. just in case people are thinking yeah. or like, Hey, I don't see that word anywhere in the Bible. Great. Like, I'm glad you know that because <laughs> it's not there, but there is something that is unique about humanity in terms of humanity's relationship to creation and in terms of its relationship to the creator. Yeah. Now so, here's the thing. Here's the thing though, John, okay. is I know I'm not the expert here. <laughs> Someone wrote a paper in college and has all the wisdom and knowledge in know the world. And that sir would be you. Uh, so, you and me both wrote the uh, same paper. I don't know. I don't know about all that, but yeah, you might have it somewhere in your archives. Somewhere, you know, <laughs> deep in the recesses of my 
computer that I could search for and probably would not find because I am out (laughs) of space on this thing. So, John. Yeah. When I say image of God, I took us to, to Genesis. Where would you go kind of initially to elaborate on that initial definition of image of God as I pointed us back to Genesis. Yeah, and what you see is that you have a relational uh, God who is three persons even before creation is made, who has fellowship, who has community, and yet with no one twisting his arm, no one forcing him to do it, out of this excess of love and desire for relationship, creates Mm. and you see the creation of land of sea of animals of fish birds literally basically everything Mm -hmm. you see in creation and then creates mankind and it says we're going to make them in our image in our likeness and there's this uniqueness to man that separates them from animals from fish from birds from what you see of the past creation mm-hmm. there's some similar uh, characteristics of to bear fruit and to uh, grow and expand but what you see for mankind is that there's this level of dominion and rule that is given to them mm-hmm. there's this coexistence and co-rulership that God invites us into when I mean you first see it when Adam's invited to with God name all the animals okay that you see. And especially in their culture, like that is a level of having uh, rulership or dominion or rule over this um, this thing. And so God is allowing us to create alongside of him in this in this way. And so you see that there that there are, uh, it's not necessarily just a physical thing, but it is a characteristic. It is a soul. It is a spiritual essence. It the creation and image of God goes beyond our physical looks. Uh, you know, so okay. often we say image and we think of, oh, a picture, uh, mm. uh, a camera shot or reflection in a mirror. There is that level of it. But what you see is that there is something innate of who we are in our spirit and our soul, our body that is from God and in essence reflects and shares who he is to our world. That we as a creation reveal who God is. Now, Kyle, um, let me throw this back to you uh, because we talk about this image of God and yet we also talk about how there is sin, and how that distorts and corrupts mm. that image. And so how do how does that coexist? And how have we gotten to where we are uh, now with that image? So two things. The first is we are to be a picture of God, to use that, that image yeah. phrase. We're to image God to the world, which means we, we rightly exercise that, which means then when sin has entered the world, something has distorted that image so yeah. so because of because of sin sin simply means to to miss the mark yeah. whether by an inch or by a mile yeah like it's it's still sin the, the the degree is irrelevant yeah but what that that missing the mark of god's original intent mm. and you you identified that as co-creating alongside god exp- like experiencing dominion and authority being in a relationship to god being yeah. under his rule and authority like perfectly and then exercising that to the world so there, there's there's this there's this functional and royal aspect that god has invited us into so sin then has distorted that to mean which means that it's gotten out of order yeah. it's gotten out of whack <laughs> and it, it it is it is polluted not just that functional 
exercise, but but it's also yeah. distorted the relationship with God. So so that mm. show that shows itself in a couple different ways. So first, the nature of humanity. Yeah. So again, Trinitarian God, humanity. I would I would argue that we have a trichotomy of in the sense of self. So if you think about yourself, mm. you have a body, and we, we're most commonly would also say, oh, well, we have a soul or we have a mind, and mm. so, so so there is something intangible that yeah. makes us who we are, yeah. that unique personality. I, I'll attribute that to the soul. I think the piece that we we forget about in terms of some of that intangible, because we live in a in a world that's very um, in the imminent mindset, yeah, which very physical, very finite. We forget about the spiritual and the transcendent. Yeah. So, so when sin enters the picture to the image of God, God says that that on that day when they ate the apple and basically invited sin into the world, the which fruit. It, yes, the fruit. Whatever Did I say apple? Is. Yeah, it is. Oh man, I man, you want to talk about culture there for a minute, like. I just got that Snow White picture in my head, you know, eat, yeah. eat in the apple. Who knows you know? what kind of fruit it yeah, was? Yeah, who knows what kind of fruit it was? Okay, thank you, John. Yeah. So, <laughs> so <laughs> what 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 I would what I would go with that is on that day they begin to physically die. The wages of sin is death. So mm. the natural result of sin is is death. Yeah, they begin to physically die on that day. At the end of time, we know that we will face judgment. And we, we will essentially get our heart's desire. If we desire to be with God, we will be with God, which is eternal joy and bliss and, 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 and true restoration to God's original design. Or mm. we, will, we will exist in a state of, of where justice then comes due and there, there's a level of punishment. We would say that, that that's eternal hell, which essentially yeah. the, the, the soul is faced with death. Yeah. Death being existing apart from God and eternal uh, the the wrath of God being poured out because it's not poured out on Jesus. Yeah. When you place your faith in Jesus, Jesus takes the full penalty. Yeah. That that justice is, is due, and so Jesus took that for you. But if you don't place your faith in Jesus, then you become accountable and for and basic yeah. for, for for your own sin for yeah. missing the mark of God's original design. Yeah. But on that day, God said, "You will surely die." So something that day, I believe, did die. Mm. I think the piece that died is the spiritual connection between us and God, which is mm. why you just see throughout the scripture is it an attempt for God's presence to be reunited with humanity. Mm. So, so the, the, the God, God's ability to be present with humanity was severed that day, meaning we lost the spiritual connection. Yeah. So our, our, in effect, our spirit is dead. And when that spirit is revived through faith in Jesus and the Holy Spirit comes in and dwells among us mm. and joins with our spirit, then we can be reunited with God. And that's where we say God, God then dwells within us. He, he's, yeah, he's, we have a new nature. We have yeah. a new nature. We're, we're a new creation. That, that's what Paul's pointing to is, yeah. is humanity is, is in a sense restored while the greater creation is yet to be truly restored. In the garden, we go from being fully human to fallen human, meaning that that the true spiritual nature was in that sense lost. Yeah. And so every single person has has a composition of body, soul, and spirit. S spirit because of sin is dead. So so there's that's the substance of humanity, the way we're we're composed trichotomy mm. like like God. We function best when we are in relationship with others. Yeah. There's something that breaks down 
in our psyche, in our soul, when we are basically reduced to isolation and cut mm. off from other aspects <laughs> of humanity. I think we see that right I was now. Say, it sounds a lot like what's going on right now with the stay home, stay healthy, as beneficial as it is for others. It is hindering some of the relational aspect of people. Being on a Zoom call is not necessarily the exact same as being in person where, like I, I've heard you say, like all your senses come in and I can physically like give someone a high five or a hug and I can like feel like their presence in front of me. It is so much different than being online and communicating. And it just kind of messes with some of that community. You see a lot of people who are wanting to go back back to what things were before all of this a lot of it deals around man i just want to get out and see my friends be able to hang out with family and have society go back to a normal function where i can go just sit in a coffee shop i can mm. go sit and eat in a restaurant even yeah i i see i think that is a lot of what we see right now with that relational aspect that you're talking about absolutely so so we have the substantive kind of view we have the relational view you already initiated the, the functional view, and I think you can actually combine all these together, and I would almost ter term it as like this royal view. Okay. Now, there's a video, The Bible Project. Uh, I'll give them full credit. They do a great <laughs> job of providing this image of God yeah. uh, framework and how it plays itself out throughout Scripture, where mm. we understand that image means that humanity is royal and is created to rule. Yes. Go back to, as you think of that dominion and ruler piece, there's a rightful order to creation. Yeah. Psalms 8 actually addresses this, and later in Hebrews addresses how because of sin, the order in which humanity was supposed to rule and function yeah. as God's like essential royal representative in the midst of the world has been distorted. Yeah. All humanity bears God's image. Yeah. All of us, not an elite few, mm. are royal representatives, exist, have an authority, ha have an, a capacity to exhibit dominion on this, on the earth when we are in right relationship with God. Yeah. So what you see is a God who trusts, who cares, and who, who willingly invites humanity to to exhibit the traits that he himself exhibits yeah so john what are some other traits that you see in the trinity that humanity can be a a, a good reflection of as we think of mm -hmm. image of god being a theological foundation yeah for christian community and then a great apologetic for why the Christian worldview is the most compelling worldview. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things, and we've kind of we've kind of talked about this already, is this level of coexistence and co-community that you see in the triune God that is all it's co-mission. Mm. It is co-loves like relationship in what we see. And I think one of the biggest things for us to just continue to recognize is that as we look around the world that the church is far greater than our cultural context mm. it's far greater than where we are here in salmon creek vancouver washington like the church extends beyond america it goes beyond canada it goes beyond china Say and it, like 
I know, right? It's not that we're American Christians or Chinese Christians or Indian Christians or European Christians. We are all Christians. Mm. We are all co-community, co-mission. We are the church community. That is, in essence, under Jesus as the head, we are one body who loves each other, who cares Mm. for each other, and wants to extend and expand that family to the ends of the earth. And I think that's one of the big things that— we just have to remind ourselves of that we want to be a church in a community that is multi-ethnic, multicultural. Mm. We want to see people who have different backgrounds, who have different stories, who ha- can bring different things to the table because we all are unique and wonderfully mm. made. And that's what we see is that there is this level of individuality to us all that we can bring to the table. Mm. I always loved the illustration of us as a family. Like we all will bring something to the table. We all Mm. take place in it. When we, when we are the church, it's not just one person Mm. prepping the meal, hosting everybody and everything. No, like it is all of us coming together. We all might bring some different side dishes, desserts. Like we are all coming together to see this function and happen. And uh, one of the toughest parts about that means that we have to be able to find our identity in the mission in, in Jesus and not in the certain task in which it lives out, if that makes sense. So like there are certain roles mm. that some of us play in the church. Uh, there are certain roles we might play in our community and a part of us bringing in other people and expanding mm. that family means that I might not always do the role every week or I might not do it in the same way in which I've always done it because bringing in other people, we want to invite them and they might have similar skill sets or abilities, or they honestly, they might be better at than at certain things than we are. And that's awesome. That's what we want. We want people who can come in, who can contribute, who can love because our, we are commission. We want to see the family of God expand to the ends of the earth Mm. because this image of God is universal. It's not just us here in America. It's not just those who are already in the church. Yeah. It is for everyone. So what I hear you saying is every single person bears the image of God. Yes. And the role of the church is to rightly display what being fully human is by our connection with Jesus. And we do that best relationally, collectively, together yeah displaying that and when we making sure that and again as paul says in colossians but but christ is all and in all and what you're saying is is the body of 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 christ is the church universal but also christ dwells in each of us when we're in right relationship to him which then gives the best possible picture yeah of the of what being fully human is and that's yeah. and that's where we look to is is as we look to, we look to Jesus. Well, I think something even for us to recognize and when we talk about sin and this corruption and distortion, I my mind kind of goes back to I don't know if you uh, watched the Simpsons movie from a while back. You remember the whole thing was built around the pollution of their lake, mm. and the funny part about it is literally everyone in the town had a part to play in that. Mm. When it comes to sin and the distortion from the image of God. It wasn't just Adam and Eve who ruined it for us all. No, we've all played a role in Mm. contributing to the sin, the pollution, the corruption of God's image in each and every one of us. And yet, on the kind of flip side of it, the church in the mission isn't just one of us. It Mm. isn't just our individual... 
our individual pursuit of the mission. It is our collective pursuit. We are all playing a role in basically restoring and allowing Jesus, his death and resurrection, and his spirit that brings about this restoration, this new nature within all of us, for us to share that to the ends of the earth, it is a collective body mission. Yeah, because because you go back to that back to that point, and if we if we're all royalty, yeah, to go back to that kind of that image, and and the being the image of God, we all have this level of authority from God. One and and it all it's all contingent on we all have the image of God, but it's imperfectly displayed. It's like a yes. scratched mirror. Yeah, until. We put our faith and trust in Jesus, yeah. and then we, and then essentially, it's like you don't just remove the scratches. It's like you get a you get a whole, yeah. a whole, a whole new, whole new mirror essentially altogether. Paul uses that change of clothes analogy, where it's yeah. like it's not just clean, you know, throw your old shirt in the wash and dryer. It's like you 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 get like a whole new set of, yeah, a whole new set of clothes, and the way in which that that works itself out is. In relationships, we don't have to cling to certain identifiers mm. or carve out our own little kingdoms. And I think those yeah. roles within the world, because we will actually be when we recognize the intrinsic value in others because they bear God's image. Yes. And as we point people to a right relationship with Jesus and then display that in the church as we get better, at, we get better at doing that. Yeah. We won't cling to established rules out of fear of losing our identity or or losing our power over others. What, what we will we will actually defer to one another, yeah. so that everyone is empowered and the welfare of the family of God as a whole is enhanced. We yeah. begin to see each other not in a hierarchy, but actually yeah. as equal. Who, like you said, can all bring something to the table. Yeah. And when we actually bring the uniqueness of each individual to the table, we get a better picture of the who body God of is. Jesus and who God is yeah. collectively. Yes. Because we're all made in the image of God and we also collectively display that image to to the world. Yeah. And we see in God that we're not talking about a monolith. So 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 as people are in Christ and yeah. Christ is in all what we're referring to is not someone we're not saying that everyone has to be like Kyle and John. Yes. Like, like that's <laughs> what we're saying is, is you actually, you bring your uniqueness out and actually just as God has the father, son and Holy spirit who all play different roles in, in the essence of God. Yeah. We can begin to value others for who they are and the role that they play and don't yeah. see it as a, as a threat. And actually when we, when we cling on to power, when, when we, when we, maintain control or we mm. try to garner acceptance consolidate it yeah, yeah we, we stunt the growth and we and, and we actually c then contribute to keeping the image of god in someone else from being rightly expressed yes th through them and so the full personhood what we want to see expressed is actually stunted when yeah. we don't live out a level of and functionally display a level of full quality that is inherent in the in yeah. the life of every person. Well, this plays a huge role in then how we start to move into community life. Yeah. In in the church, where some what is some of the the things that community life in the church can do to help the image of God 
go from something that is marred to being accurately displayed. Man, I think the one of the biggest benefits of community is how you are able to empower, equip, and there's this word edification in which we see in Paul's writings that us as the church and as a community, we can encourage, push, challenge, and help someone else grow uh, in their own faith and who they are. I always think back to um, back into Leviticus when we see um, them going together to uh, make the ritual sacrifices they have to make for the nation. It's They're doing it to address the sins that are present, mm-hmm. but they're also doing it to address the ones that have gone unnoticed. Like they, they make that notice, like, that intentionality of the ones the sins that we haven't noticed like we're, we're going to atone for those as well and for us as a community we have to recognize that there are going to be times in which we're going to be blind to mm. certain things we're doing saying ways in which we're acting that is actually inhibiting someone else's growth um to follow jesus we are all together in this um in the same vision to see the family of god expand Like we say, for generations to come, a part of that is going to be uh, for us to identify our own sins. And there's going to be moments we can't identify them, but our community is there to help us identify them and to help us Mm. grow grow in our faith and to live more in the characteristics and priorities of Jesus. So community helps us identify blind spots and identify sin that maybe we can't see in our own lives, which then... Is, is a poor witness to the yeah. world. And so we, we function as less than what God intended us to function in community yeah. and, and relationships with people yeah. bring that and foster that in us so that we can actually be better representatives of God yeah. within the world. The effectiveness of our church rests in our ability to be in right relationship with God and in good, healthy relationship with other people. Yeah. And actually, healthy relationship with other people is something that is, I think, missing in our world. And specifically, as we look at the church, the ability to see the value in other people Mm. and and not construe um, a level of philosophy or system of thought for the person is something that's powerful. Because what that allows us to do is identify certain patterns of sin Mm. certain ways of living in different cultures but not but not even if we don't agree with that or don't completely understand then we don't ascribe a less than value to individual uh, people and that seems almost obvious but we also live in our in our own western culture which is steeped in an individualism so yes. so that's that's the cultural like lenses that that, that we wear and which in a lot of <coughs> ways we see the see the rest of the world yeah but we have to understand that we see a piece of the picture I, the, the image that always helps me think of this is all the blind guys who who are like trying to describe the elephant Mm. So, so I don't know if you've ever heard the analogy where it's there's there's several blind guys and and and, and they're describing their uh, oh, they all have a, their hand on a piece a, of the a elephant piece of the elephant. So like the, the tusk or the trunk or the leg and they're describing, oh, this is what I think this is. This is what I think this is. And they're all describing it. And it's like, well, are, are, are they right? Are they wrong? And what they're saying is that they're a piece of the whole. And so if we are take the the church universal back out, Christ is all and in all. 
then the image of God is prevalent in every single person, so yeah. deserves a value and dignity and worth. But also, they're going to give us a better expression of, yeah. of what it looks like to follow Jesus. And yeah. so we have to be very careful about how we talk about different cultures and different people yes. within the world because we live in an individualistic culture. Actually, Robert Bellis says this way. He says, Individuals, individualism lies at the very core of American culture. Mm. American individualism, with its primary emphasis on self-reliance, has led to the notion of pure, undetermined choice, free of tradition, obligation, or commitment as mm. the essence of the self. So just if that's what American individualism is, yeah. someone who is listening to us describe the type of community that the church is going to be should see the, see the rub. Yeah. What we are saying is the church, the people who make up the church, you are individuals, but you aren't self-reliant. Yeah, You're relying on the Holy Spirit. You're yeah. reliant on other people. Your ability to choose is actually limited because there are things you won't do for the sake of others. Paul yeah. actually talks about in the scripture. He says, yeah, he's like, in Christ gives you a level of freedom, but there are some things that you will say no to, not because it's wrong or sinful, but you will say no to them for the sake of your brother, which means yeah. you're in then limiting personal choice. Yes. So, again, <laughs> that, that, that's an assault and affront to our yeah. uh, American individualism, which we want life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, we want to be free from any type of restraint. And that can be taken to an extreme. And what we're saying is actually, no, you will you will have a level of restraint in your life mm. because you are first committed to God. And out of your commitment and communion with God, yeah. you will then be committed and commune with other people yeah. that sees them and counter and commune with God and yeah. to see that rightly express. It doesn't just start or stay with the Christian community. It's yeah. meant to be manifested itself in the wider in the world to those who aren't a part of the family of yeah. God. We want to see them be restored, be part yeah. of the be part of the because family of God. What you're saying and what it will do is as we engage in a world that is Let's be real. Like, there is a lot of non-Christian, de-Christianized culture in our world. Yep. There are people who are not in relationship with God who don't even identify and know that they have they are made in God's image. They are uniquely and wonderfully made. And it will really begin to shape and change the way in which we act, the way in which we speak, the way we pose, the way in which we interact with the world um, in any form or fashion. When we identify that that the image of God is universal, that the non-Christian in your life, the people who are in political power, the people who you don't like the most, they are still made in the image mm. of God. And the way you act and the way you, um, you speak about them is going to do one of two things. Either it's going to welcome them and invite them in to the family of God to understand that they are wonderfully made mm. and that there is a hope and a future and love and grace, or you are going to push them away from that. You are going to, you will in turn be a barrier mm. for people. Um, and that is what sin is, it, that sin isn't just uh, individual. Mm. It, it is a collective thing in which when we sin, it doesn't just affect us. It affects those around us as well. 
Maturity comes as we cast out fear and learn to live out of relationships demonstrated and dominated by love. And we are meant to reflect a God who is described as a God of love. And that holy, perfect, refining love has justice, it has care, and it has mission. Mm. And we exist at Generations Church to be a community of everyday people who are committed to expanding God's family, yeah. to seeing that identity, fa- that their identity is found in Jesus because we mm. find our identity in Jesus yeah. because of Jesus for generations to come. Awesome. Thanks for joining us today on the Midweek Podcast. We hope that this is just a helpful resource to help you grow in your faith with God. If you have questions, if you want clarification or even resources to go uh, and to dive deeper into some of these concepts and ideas we talked about, send us a message, leave us a comment, interact with us. Uh, We would love for you guys to, if you haven't already, make sure you share, like, subscribe, and give us a review so we can continue to reach a larger audience, so we can share the message of God to our community and to those around us. Thanks for joining us this week. Oh, oh, oh.